It is November 5th, 1930. We are at the Coconut Grove at the Ambassador Hotel in Hollywood, California. It is the third annual Academy Awards honoring the films from 1929 and 1930. And it's time for the big, big award of the night. May I have the envelope, please? You sure can. And the Oscar goes to... All ah. Quiet on the Western Front. Whoa. Man. Wow. I hate... I'm surprised. Had no <laughs> idea. Are you shocked? <laughs> I feel like looking at the list of nominees for Best Picture this year, there's really nothing else really makes sense. You know what I mean? I mean, once you see that, we're going to talk more about this movie. Yes. But um, once you see this movie, I I gotta say this is one of the first Best Picture winners where I could say this is competitive in any year. In that any it year, was made. it holds up, and it is really. It's a great movie. It's like the the war film to really kind of I don't know start all war movies. It's really, I think it's I think it's honestly, I it's better than most war movies. It is way honestly. better. I mean, certainly better than Wings was, but honestly, I feel like Wings is still a silent film. It is still kind of you know knocked it's, down a peg or two because it just can't do things that All Quiet could with sound. And dialogue yeah, and performance, no, you know, it's, it's just in a it's in a different place it altogether. Is. But let's, it's a level above. Let's start. Let's before we get there. Let's yes. talk a little bit about the Coconut Grove. We're back. We're back at the Coconut Grove. I'm so which glad. You all learned so much about the Coconut we Grove sure last last week. This is um, this is the year where I feel like the Academy really starts to feel like this feels like the Oscars. We the, get it. The name Oscars not there yet. Not yet. But this starts to feel like okay. This is this is what the Academy Awards yes. is. Though the this is the first year that they vote the Academy of the members of the Academy vote is not done by like a I guess a panel panel of judges or something. Right. The first couple of years. This is the first year that I feel the winner of Best Picture just really feels like a great movie and we are honoring great quality this year yes 100 and to piggyback off of that too with them uh this being the first year with the, the voting and the nominees this is also the first where they didn't know who the winner was no uh yeah correct well or did they something like that because the second year i don't think they knew who the winner was but the nominee there weren't there official nominees. nominees announced so it was i guess like and this person um, so this is the first year that there are nominees, and then they... But they still release the winners in, like, the papers, right? Isn't that what it was? Because there, was, there were well, some nominees who would read the papers, realize they didn't win, and they wouldn't go. There was... Um, what it was uh, is the nominee... The winners, rather, were released to the papers before the ceremony so that they could be in the evening editions. Correct. But... So theoretically, someone could find out if they had an N. <clears throat> if um, they, yeah, yeah. But uh, there was one year, which is the big year, nineteen thirty-nine. We'll get to that year, and it's a big one, a um, where the L.A. Times ran it in the earlier edition, gotcha. and everyone found out about it before the broadcast. Gotcha. And yeah, gotcha, so, gotcha. so this was still a surprise year, for some of the winners. Yes, gotcha. that year is when they said, "Okay, we're doing we're doing a sealed." envelope yes. and nobody finds out until that's opened not even the evening edition and that's the way to do it for yes. sure but again we're still figuring out this is only the third ceremony only the third ceremony but a lot of things are clicking into place even by this ceremony yes um this is the first time uh we'll talk a lot about all quiet on the western front 
uh, but this is the first time that there is a picture director combo win. Yes, both won for the same film, which and is going to be a tradition almost that always happens. Almost always happens, although not so much in recent years. I feel like that's kind of going away now. We're giving picture and director to different movies a lot more recently. It is. Well, I wonder if having more picture nominees, which has been the case True. for the last few years, has to do with that. Although this year it went. This year it did, yeah. Green Book did, but last year. Oh, wait. No, Green Book did not. It didn't win Best Director. Not Best Director. What? what it is... was picture. Director went to um, Alfonso Cuaron. Oh, that's right. It went to Roma. To Roma. Last year. Last yes, last year. year did. Shape that of was Water. Guillermo del Toro. Oh my gosh. The other night, I went to this midnight screening of this movie I'd never heard of called Getting Straight, which was about... <laughs> A cry for help? <laughs> no. It was, it was like this counterculture student protest movie with Elliot Gould and Candace Bergen. And it was from 1970. Oh. And uh, it was a midnight screening, and Elliot Gould was there. No way. Yeah. And so was Guillermo del Toro. <laughs> Just randomly. Just the two of them sitting in the back seat of the New Beverly Theater in Hollywood. Are they um, going to do a movie together? No. I don't know. <laughs> I can't imagine, but No, but Elliot, Elliot Gould, like, it was a midnight screening, so he literally just came up and said, like, yeah, well, thanks everybody for being here. Let's watch the movie. And then he sat and watched, and he this sat and watched it. Movie. Oh um, my gosh! So I've LA. seen Guillermo del Toro was the last picture director. His movie Shape yeah. of Water um, combo. But then the year before that, Moonlight and La La Land split. Mm-hmm. So there have so been a lot of splits kind of a lot. recently. Yeah, but this is the first traditionally year. speaking, it does not. It, the picture-director yeah. combo, percentage-wise, is usually the way it goes. Usually paired together, this yeah. This is also, um, interestingly, Norma Shear and Douglas Shear. Oh, yes! Um, a brother and sister. Norma Shear was one of the big stars of the early sound, late silent early sound era. She was one of the most successful transition. Probably because she was married to a pretty important it person. It really does help that she was married to the head of production at MGM, uh, True. Irving Thalberg. Yeah, that would, that would play makes... a big part in your career. Who makes me feel like I've accomplished nothing in my life. <laughs> because he was like 30, less than oh 30 years old, and head of, he was in his 20, his head of production at MGM. And Just I, doing the most. He's so ahead of me in life, I don't even want to talk about it. But Douglas Shearer was her brother, and he was uh, a sound guy at MGM as well. And he won an Oscar for Best Sound Recording for a movie called The Big House. The Big House, which was also... Uh, a war film, correct? And nominated for Best Picture as well. Was it? Or was it a prison movie? Was it a prison movie? I don't know. I don't the know Big either. House seems to... Oh, it is. You're so right. <laughs> <laughs> Although, uh, Frances Marion, who was one of the big uh, female writers mm. in history, won... Um, one best uh, best writing. Oh, I love that. Yeah, she for was... again the big house, which is a which prison is, movie. Which is why I mentioned the prison. We're all learning today. <laughs> you know how people say I'm going to the big house, and they're talk they're not <laughs> they're not talking, they're about, not talking about they're not talking about the battlefield. They're I don't talking know about the front. Oh, that's called All Quiet on the Western Front. I got don't it. know where uh, you got that, but um, you know. Uh, hold on, I'm trying to find Francis Marion because I want to make sure I get this correct. I that it's a man or a woman. That it's a man or a woman because I may have. Ooh, just just uh, Google the big house and then go to the writer. Oh, you're so smart. Ha-ha. Um, yes, we do have the computer. big Smith also works. I don't know. <laughs> 
I am going oh a little crazy. Ah, uh, yes, the big house. And I written by Frances Marion, who, yes, was. Oh, indeed. there she is. Oh, she she's was, so cute. Yes, she was uh, the first writer to win two Academy Awards. Uh, she began working for the female filmmaker Lois Weber, who was one of the most uh, influential silent filmmakers of the early sound day, who was also a prominent woman in early film. And she wrote a lot for Mary Pickford uh, and then eventually did make the transition to sound movies, which um, was uh, not something a lot of people were able to do. And she wrote a lot of early uh, sound films, including uh, Camille. The Champ. The Champ, which is another Oscar winner for uh, Best Story. Um, and she wrote Anna Christie, which is, oh. if I'm not mistaken, Greta Garbo's first uh, sound film. Yeah. So um, there and her were her first Oscar nomination as well. And her first Oscar nom. So um, although so I will was... say I do love this year is very interesting as well because um, this was still during a time when actors were still nominated for sometimes multiple performances. And this was a year where Greta Garbo was one of them. She was nominated for both Anna Christie and Romance. Mm-hmm. But also Norma Shearer was also nominated for two. Um, the Divorcee, which is what she won for, uh, but also for Their Own Desire. Which I will say that there is a difference here, as in last year Janet Gaynor won for multiple performances. <clears throat> this year you're nominated for multiple performances, and Norma Shear won for The Divorcee. Right. Um, interesting, also, like, 1930 really is the beginning of a period that is very uh, fabled amongst classic film fans as the pre-code period. Because from 1930 is when uh, they started to really crack down on the content. No more naughty business. No more naughty business. And so uh, there was a list of rules of things that you could and could not have in movies written, but it was not enforced until mid-1934. Right. And so there's a lot of risque things that happened in the period before the code was strictly enforced. And The Divorcee is one of those movies where you have a woman who uh, becomes a woman of affairs and there's a lot of implied sexuality and it is a very uh, sexual performance. Now, typically these movies have these liberated women who then go straight at the very end of the film. Right. Um, But for most of the movie, they are doing things that you don't see women do. Right, they wouldn't be considered a good role model. No, they get to do this. They just have to go back to their husband at the end. Which isn't that just so silly? It's like, why not? She's a woman. If she wants to bounce around and have a lot of sex, let her. You know what? We can watch that. We we would enjoy watching that. But that doesn't come to later. We don't get to do that with women till till a little bit later. We're still a little pre-code right now. So yeah, a lot of the films are a little bit more on the risque side. The top nominee this year was a movie called The Love Parade. It got six Six. nominations, but no wins. And that happens a lot, actually. Sometimes movies are nominated for 11, 12 Oscars, and they win zero. Color Purple. Color Purple, yes. Is a famous example. The Turning Point. The Turning Point. Yes. Uh, 
uh, we'll get to one of my favorite movies, uh, The Little Foxes. Oh, yes. Or Gangs of, of No, Gangs of New York won a couple, though, didn't it? But it was nominated yeah. for like 10 and didn't win like hardly any. Yeah, it does happen on occasion. Mm-hmm. But uh, typically your odds, once you get to six or so nominations, your odds, odds of winning one get to be pretty high. Should be pretty high. But it doesn't always happen. Not this film. Doesn't always happen. But this is also a good year because now we're getting more consolidation on the categories. We have picture, actor, actress, writing, directing. It's very clear what the category is and what what's being honored and what's being honored correct um, and they only added um this is when sound recording was added um which i thought it was funny that all choir in the western front didn't win sound recording <laughs> usually usually if you've got a war movie it's going to win well it's 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 interesting to watch the movie and not it's like why didn't it win um why didn't it win cinematography why didn't it win yeah. um <laughs> But it it only won two. It won uh, Outstanding Production, which yeah. was the name of the award at the time. It eventually becomes Best Picture. They It went through various names. Mm-hmm. Um, and it won Best Director for Lewis Milestone, who was the first person to win more than one Oscar. Because right. the first ceremony, he won Best Director for a comedy feature. Comedy! <laughs> um, but that award went away after the first year. Yes. But he did become the first uh, multi-Academy Award winner. And I will say, much deserved. This movie is filmed so brilliantly. Like, just it's... watching this movie in comparison to last week's movie, The Broadway Melody, both sound films, but you can already tell how much more they have figured out. We it's can now only have... been a year. Been a and... year. And we have camera movement. We've got some great shots. You know what I mean? Like these large aerial shots, these crane movements that are coming down, pulling in and out. We have focus. We have I mean, right at the beginning everything. of the movie, they have that shot where it's showing all these people in the street because the war is beginning. Yeah. And they pull into a classroom. Yes. And the thing that amazes me about that is that you got two... Com- it's They're actually outside. They're actually inside. Mm-hmm. you got two different completely different lighting setups that you're dealing with here and somehow they move from the harsh sunlight to the to the much different indoor lighting into like it it, the shot just goes on for a while it's it's, where we have it's like with this movie they have now figured out that you can tell a story not only with words and dialogue act and performance but you can also tell part of the story with the way you move the camera and how you set up a shot Mm -hmm. which is why you know cinematography becomes such an important Oscar category. It is an art form in itself, and I feel like when we compare the camera movement of this film to the ones in the past, especially the Broadway Melody, we are just going to harp on that film the that entire poor time. Movie. I feel that like. poor movie. It's just <laughs> god awful. I, um, I start to feel bad for it. I like know, I don't want to. I don't want to dislike it as much as I do. I just don't like it. But what are you going to do? That has like zero um, skill with the camera. Where now we really. Feel. Everything moves. And you know what? I feel like that is when... It's, you know when you, you watch a movie and you're like, wow, this movie felt like it was three hours long because the camera work is terrible. Yeah. This, all quiet, is like two hours and 15 minutes it, and it, it didn't feel that long. It I watched moves. it in one sitting and it was wonderful. You know, okay, well, first of all, let's... let's uh, the movie is about... Um, the main character is played by Lou Ayers. Yes. Who I thought it was interesting. He marries Ginger Rogers in real life for and a while. Go him. She has a few husbands. Yeah, that sounds uh, right. But he, um, and he ends up having like while he's never like a huge. I mean, like he's a star at one point in time. But he, while he's not one of the more remembered people, he does have a career that goes on for quite a while. Um, eventually, playing like supporting parts in yeah. uh, TV shows and movies. Uh, but he, um, 
He plays a young German. This mm-hmm. takes place from Germany's perspective of World War One, who uh, go enlist in the war in a clip that you and I are both very familiar with. Yes. With, I wonder what you're going to do. <laughs> I'll, I'll go. go. that's a clip that's in a um a oscar montage that you can play as a tour guide at universal Universal studios so this was universal's first best picture win it is universal's first best picture win um doesn't have another one for a while quite a while um yeah uh and the next one's kind of co-opted because it's a British production. Correct, but we distributed that Universal it. distributed. <laughs> we will in take the, the right. Um, but this one's actually made. Interesting, like this one is not. This one's made here in California. Mm-hmm. Um, the a lot of it's done on the back lot. A lot of it's done there, yeah. And uh, it just looks so good. Anyway, but they they're in Germany. Mm-hmm. They go to war. We go with them as they uh, go to the front for the first times Mm -hmm. and people and we have all these side characters and some of them die and some of them live and uh, we watch as our main character experiences death experiences um, wounded he gets wounded at one Mm -hmm. point in time watches as a friend of his gets a leg amputated and eventually dies yeah it's It's, we follow this kid he is a kid essentially who has been told mm -hmm. that serving um your country in war is the greatest most heroic thing you can do and these people at the home front are talking about it that way yes and when he finally gets there he realizes how terrible it is and how and how he's been lied to and that's kind of why this is a really great example of um uh what do they call it a um, 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 like a war film that's not glamorizing war. You know what I mean? It's uh, yeah, This is very different from Wings. An anti-war I didn't, film, I didn't essentially. I feel like Wings was necessarily like rah-rah. I mean, like it has some rah-rah moments, but I thought like right, ultimately it's... it ends on a place where it's like a well, little... And, yeah, and Wings is more about the friendship, the brotherhood of war. Yes. Whereas this... On the Western Front is like, we need to not have war. Look at how horrible it is. This movie is one of the most anti-war movies I have ever seen. Absolutely. And I don't understand how we have war after with this film existing. How in the hell? But you know <laughs> why? Because it was banned from so many countries for so long because it didn't speak of, you know, patriotism. No. You know, it's, I mean, they couldn't even show it in Germany for decades. And it just gets which worse makes sense. and worse and worse. One of the best periods of the movie, and the movie is, it's just so good. But um, there's a period where in the like valor and heat of the moment uh lou Ayres' character paul uh paul uh stabs a frenchman yes um he stabs a frenchman in the trenches and then he immediately feels so remorseful mm-hmm. that he stays with the guy until he dies because he pulls out and his he wallet. tries to get him to live but he, yes. and he begs with him to not die yeah. because he feels so much guilt Totally, and he pulls out the man's wallet and sees a picture of him and his family, and he realizes, oh, this is just another person. Yeah, you know, we are people. Why Killing are we each other. hurting each other? Yeah, you know, and and that is the reason why countries were very afraid of it. It spoke very obviously mm-hmm. against war. And I will say this: I was doing some research about this movie um, when it did actually have the very limited runtime in Germany that it did. People were so horrible to the film. Um, 
it, when it did play in Germany, uh, people were setting off stink bombs outside the theater. Uh, they were throwing sneezing powder inside, and they were even releasing mice and rats into the theaters to get people to leave. It's interesting. There's there's a scene in the movie where where there's a rat infestation, and the place and they they're hiding smack out, smack them with pots and, and pans. I mean, like, but that's like that's one interesting thing about this movie. It shows all these things that you don't think about. Um, about uh, like a rat infestation happening yeah. in some of the place that they hide out. You spend a lot of time in the the dugouts, yes, um, in the trenches. Because a lot them. of wartime is just waiting. You're like waiting mm-hmm. to die, which is what they all realize. I There's want... really no victory in war. You know, yeah. everybody want... loses. I'm watching this really interesting documentary. I sent you the links yes. to it. It's called Hollywood, and it deals with the early sound. I mean, the early silent era. How and how Hollywood kind of developed over the 1920s. And uh, they have an episode on different topics. And there's an episode on war movies. And they end with All Quiet on the Western Front because mm-hmm. All Quiet on the Western Front was also released as a silent film. Right. Uh, as well as a sound movie. And um, the director is interviewed in this, Lewis Milestone. And it's like a 1970s interview with him. And he talks about how there's a scene where they're going into uh, the woods um, to face the war before a big battle happens and he was like how can i do this that's different from other films and so he set up a a metronome i believe it's called uh-huh. um and he had someone do a huge drum beat to that while they were filming and he had everybody move on that beat so everybody's <clears throat> in unison and then when people as they got to the actual battle he has them Move and then die to that beat. Oh wow! As well, so they like hold their arm. They do everything. Boom, boom, boom. There's boom, a rhythm boom, boom. and a pace to the scene. Yeah, and you'll notice it too whenever uh, the machine gun shots are going off. Yeah, um, it's like um, he has everyone. He has a per- one person die with each thing. So as you're panning, it's boom, boom. Person falls. Person falls. Person falls. Oh wow! Yeah. and that's probably why the movie flows so well. It has. Such it's a... like watching a musical performance. Yes. You know, unlike the Broadway melody. <laughs> well, I think it's really cool too. I was uh, reading an interview uh, done by uh, Spielberg, and Spielberg talks about this film um, when he was doing Saving, Saving Private, Private Ryan, Ryan. Yeah. you know, which is now been, is now considered the greatest war movie of all time, especially yeah. the first, you know, 25 minutes with, um, uh, the beach. And he said that he took a lot of inspiration from the sequences of all quiet because it is really, um, yeah. intense. Yeah. You see people die. I mean, there's a scene where a bomb blows up as a guy's reaching for the fence. And when the smoke clears, it's just his two, like, um, it's arms violent. on the fence down because it his body's violent. been blown to bits. Like it is really, really violent, and you can absolutely see where Spielberg saw that and said, "Oh, we can show this." You yeah. know, it puts you right in the trenches with these actors. And it does not. It does not hold back. It doesn't shy away from the violence of what war is, and again, that's probably why people were very afraid of showing this movie. Well, it's interesting that you know we're going to end up talking a lot about World War II uh, yes, later on in the podcast. World War II makes many appearances in Best Pictures, but um, <clears throat> and it also greatly influences the movies that win in the early 40s. But um, the America was a pacifist country um, in the early part of World War II, and they yeah. didn't want to get involved. And it's interesting that this movie 
I it's like this movie kind of influenced that thinking. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Because I, I mean, like, if you watch this movie, it's very. I don't. I mean, like, I'm glad that I'm over 30 and no longer draftable because. Um, <laughs> yeah. You know, not if they instated the draft. I, oh my gosh, I would off. freak out. It's, I would. It's insane. It's it's. It's very clear what the stance of this movie is. And they talk about it at one point. Yes. The characters have a whole discussion about, and like, fact, why are we doing this? Totally. They're like, oh, I'm not offended by what happened. You know what I mean? It's like, it's very, it's also interesting because this isn't told from an American perspective. This is from the Germans. Yeah. And you I, know? Think, I think and that's part of the effectiveness. Yes. It's an American movie made about the opposite side. Correct. Yes. And it's like, oh, wow, everyone feels this yes. way. You know, this isn't just America saying, oh, war is bad. No, 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 no. Even the opposing forces think it's terrible too. Well, I mean, it's um, you know, whenever they, whenever he's, the times that they go to the hospital, whenever yeah. his friend has the the leg amputated, the leg amputated, and he's going to die, but the doctor doesn't even care. Yeah, because yeah. it's just not worth it. And it, you can see his fatigue and his um, his uh, he's grown um, embittered. Over totally. the whole situation, and he like he doesn't even care anymore. He's desensitized to the totally. whole thing. Especially when he comes back from his leave, when he goes mm -hmm. home for a, a hot minute, he then comes back, and he's like introduced to all of the new soldiers who are just fresh out of high school. And, and they're so young, so young. One and of them so says they're sixteen. Yeah, but like they they did a great job casting those roles because yeah. they are markedly younger yes, than they look the other like soldiers babies. we've been seeing. And it and just, yeah, and it, you know, you realize, you know, you've gone on this journey with this character as well, and you're realizing what he's realizing, that this isn't going to stop, and they're just going to keep bringing in more and more people, and they're yeah. going to continue to tell these young boys that fighting for your country, it's worth it. Yeah. And he's there to tell them it's not. And that's like when he goes to the home front, he ends up leaving his leave early. Yeah. Because he just can't stand being around people who think that war is something victorious for exactly it shows that brotherhood that's in wings in a completely different way the mm -hmm. brotherhood is the bond over mm -hmm. what horrific stuff is happening exactly it's and not a bond over what they're victory and you know fighting for a cause the bond is what happens because you are all so terrified mm -hmm. of dying that all you have is each other you there's know? a lot of they're they're dealing with so much there's like there's ptsd there's yes. everything and this is, it's just amazing to me that this movie came out in 1930 because this yeah. feels so modern in so many ways. So modern. The approach to the subject is mm -hmm. so ahead of its time. Absolutely. And it's tragic because it makes sense because, you know, even since 1930, there's been plenty of war since then and literally nothing has changed. Oh, the worst is yet to come. The worst as is. As far as war goes. Oh my God. Just wait till the seventies. It's, I mean, it's just, it's so unfortunate. That's like, we have all these great anti-war films and people stand behind them, but it doesn't stop war from and happening. And it gets this attention and it becomes a box office hit and it becomes an Academy Award winner. Yeah. But it doesn't matter it's not going to make it stop and that's tragic and i feel like that's kind of one of the messages as well it's like it's going to keep happening you know and i mean this movie it's not like this movie has been forgotten about either because no. it's as you mentioned steven spielberg talks about as an inspiration lots of different there, this mm. is one of those movies that you'll see you'll see people like him talk about a lot um it also was number 54 on the first american film institute top 100 list yeah. it dropped off the 2007 re redo of the list the 10 year anniversary I, I mean like how 
how does yeah, this I not know how this movie should not be forgotten about um and it was one of the first films second year of the national film registry it was one of the 25 films but it was kept on afi's um 10 top 10 of epic films yes it was number seven number seven on of that list their 10 best epic movies of all time and it won the photo play medal of honor in 1930 very okay, prestigious get it. and the 1931 cinema uh jupo award for best foreign language film okay whatever that was wonderful and it's so, also sitting at a hundred percent fresh on rotten tomatoes yeah one, one of, of the small collection yes. Of movies to actually achieve that, and if that doesn't tell you it's a good movie, it's it's so it's wonderful. The battle scenes are so everything. Like, there's so much of this about this movie that's so upsetting. Honestly, yeah, it's just it's not easy to watch in a completely different way than the Broadway melody. <laughs> yes, it is a slightly different. Um, um, but I I gotta say, from 1929 to 1930, man, did they they figure sound out they really picked it up yeah and yeah thank goodness for that it's it it is amazing and i will say it's not one of those movies where i mean yes um lou air's leading performance is great i also like the supporting guy uh the kaczynski is that what his name was yeah he was the, really, really wonderful too yeah no um i mean like and there are there aren't really bad performances in the film but, but it's uh, not about the performance it's not about it's, the performances which also makes sense too there are this is also it's one also of the not about the women there's very few of them very few <laughs> it's just three little girls but it's like sometimes when you think of like you know a best picture film you think it's going to have multiple nominations and at least one in an acting category but this is kind of one of those examples where this movie no didn't have acting nominations no one really it wasn't about that it's not about it's it's just very interestingly it, it works very well as a cohesive whole, but there isn't really... The movie itself is is just the standout. I don't know how Definitely. to explain it. Yeah, it is. And, and that's why when you, you, know, you consider the best sound. picture categories, best production, everything works in this movie, which is why it deserves to win best picture. Yeah. You one know? of my favorite... This is one of my favorite wins. Yes, it's so solid across the board. Such a good movie. Yeah. Um, this is one that I completely get to get behind. I don't care what else was nominated. This is <laughs> this is the win. The Big House, me. yeah, not Which, a war film. With, not a war. Not a war film. Um, oh, this is okay. So this is yeah. This is when uh, Disraeli won. George Arliss won for Best Actor. Um, George Arliss was a very respected actor yes. in his time. Uh, had been a theatrical actor. Was a big movie star. Um, he was much older at this point. But interestingly, he's the person who ultimately gives the big break to Betty Davis. Yeah. Um, Betty Davis is Goodness. my favorite actress. Um, I have a poster on my wall. Living and Dead? Dead Ringer. Yes. She's, oh, she's the queen. Okay, she's I my queen. Um, she, um, she was brought over for Universal, which we've been talking about, mm -hmm. um, uh, under contract for them, and did six movies. A couple for Universal, a couple loan outs, and then she was going to go back to New York. And then George Arliss saw her in a movie. I forget which movie he saw her in, but he ended up calling her and saying, you know, I really want you for this movie that I'm going to make, um, which was, um, oh, shoot. She makes two with him. One of them's called The Rich Are Always With Us. The uh -huh. other one is called... Oh, the man who played God. Oh, and um, she he wants her for that movie, um, and she makes that movie for First National Pictures, which is at that point a division of Warner Brothers, because it's Warner Brothers First National. And then after she makes that movie, Warner Brothers gives her a contract, 
and the rest, the rest is, is history. history. The rest is Oscar history, which uh, we will definitely we be are talking get about to. Betty later on. We sure will. She's in a Best Picture winner. She wins a couple of Oscars. Oh, and she's. I mean, and she's amazing. She is truly the queen. All right. Well, next week. Next week. Here we go. This 19- is another one. I don't know. This yeah. is another potential rough one. This will be fun, though. This will be the... So next week, we're going to talk about uh, Cimarron, which is going to be the first Western to win Best Picture. Yes. Um, um, it's the... Uh, it's 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 the first Western to win Best Picture. Mm-hmm. It is... The only thing I really know of, uh, know about it, or the things that I know about it, having never seen it, um, I know that uh, it's one of the first movies of an actress who never won an Oscar but got a lot of nominations, Irene, Irene Dunn, Dunn. Yes. who um, is one of my favorite actresses, actually. So I'm looking forward to seeing her. Me too. Um, I know that it's about going out West... Yes. And I know that there are apparently, there's apparently a lot of racism. Yes. I feel like this is going to be a movie As that's in, very dated. Not guess who's coming to dinner dealing with racism. I mean, as in, it's racist. It's, it's racist. a racist movie. It's a racist film. Which um, is probably why people don't really talk about it. Probably so. But we're going to watch it. But we are going to watch it. And we're going to tell, yeah. tell you what we think and try to figure out exactly why Cimarron... One best picture. And my guess is, you know, when we talk about films of this time period, we, we you know, we talked last week about Broadway Melody being the first musical, which is probably why, why it won best picture. Mm-hmm. This being, you know, uh, not the first Western, but probably the first Western to incorporate the Western look that we Associate know and with... recognize now. Yes. That is my guess. Haven't seen it. Um, <laughs> I'm hoping that's the reason. I mean... I have a feeling a lot of these early ones are going to be just movies that are very influential. Correct. You know, and that's... And they end up winning for that. That would be my guess. So, yeah. I'm I'm curious. I'm looking forward to it. Okay, so next week we'll be with you talking about Cimarron. I can't wait. I know I'm looking forward to it. (laughs) Have a good (laughs) week.